0: Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Man Vs. Business. My name is Les James, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are discussing basic quality tools, when to use them, and which ones are our favorites. So, with that, let's start the show. So, Sean, uh... Welcome both of us back to our episode of uh, Man Vs. Business. Uh, we've been off for a couple weeks, and there's a reason for that. My buddy up and left me. He, um, <laughs> he moved out to California, so we're going to be doing these podcasts uh, remotely. So we'll be working on our, our audio quality uh, as we go through these. So
1: how are you liking California so far? Well, it feels like I've moved to Seattle because it's been raining for the last week. They, they, they've had a drought for the past four years. You, and you like get here and it rains. You, it rains, you took all the
0: you took all the rain from Dallas with you, but of course, it's been raining for
1: you know quite a while here too. So, I know, I know but it's uh, it's good and, and move for the job, move for the job, and. Uh, Enjoying things and, and getting plenty of uh, experience to support our discussions. Les,
0: yeah. So you know you've you've moved into a, another role that kind of helps uh, uh, you know fill some of the information we're talking about uh, on a lot of these different topics. So it's just another area we can add to our repertoire of of things to discuss. So this week we decided we were going to talk about nonconformances and root cause analysis. Uh, pretty heavy topic uh, can in, go into a lot of different directions uh, but we're going to start with uh, nonconformances first so you know how do you know something
1: is a non-conformance right how do you know so the system that you're working under must have some kind of baseline information mm-hmm. right so whether you're whether you're and I'll take the example of somebody on the on a shop floor looking at drawings and having to then turn a drawing into some tangible product, or or you're in a, a an office environment where information comes to you, you have to process it and then send it on to the next stage. You you, you have to have some basis, some uh, form, and knowledge of what. The process is supposed to look like, and what your output is supposed to be.
0: Sure, and I think that um, you know, in the past, and I'm not sure if this is right or wrong, but in the past, I have broken down nonconformances into at least two different categories. Uh, in the fact that you usually want to focus on nonconformances that are external to your company in in one aspect, and then nonconformances that are uh, internal to your company. Um, Reason being is that most of the time people will want to address those external nonconformances very quickly. They might do a root cause analysis for every one of those. So I have a tendency to break down those those nonconformances into at least two different categories, if not maybe a couple more. But uh, you know, you've got to have some sort of system in place
1: to to track those. Absolutely. And and, and finding them quickly is very important especially for those external non-conformances because if it's your customer telling you that you've got a non-conformance then then it's very costly and could be embarrassing just 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 like the the discussions that we've had in the past where you know the quality issues where they happen in the in the process time you know when if it if it gets to the customer and that non-conformance comes then it's it is uh Something that you want to prevent. So, so looking at those nonconformances internally to prevent external nonconformances is, an, is another is another leading indicator that we could look at. You know, framing it in that that uh, that metrics conversation we had a while ago. What, what do you look at to prevent an end result that is unacceptable?
0: Yeah, because you get wrapped up into. Um, uh on that side of the situation, you get wrapped up into customer satisfaction. And really that the end of the day, that is so much more valuable than anything. If you're not solving that part of your business, yeah. customer satisfaction, then, you know, that's, you got a lot more issues. Right.
1: And I'll tell you, I guess, you know, I think what we could do, we could spend a couple hours talking about, yeah, how to make sure that your customer satisfied. Sure. But, but a quick, a quick shot at, at what to do. Don't, you don't argue with them. No. You talk to them. Listen. You talk to them, and you listen. You That's listen. True. yes. Actually, I stand corrected. You are right. You listen first. You do yeah. more listening than talking, but making sure that that you communicate to them that you are listening and you will work to fix that nonconformance quickly. You better you better do what you say. That's right. Because because if you do that, then you can really gain more than just a customer. You could gain you could gain a a lifelong stream of work. Right. And just the one-off, just the one-off customer, right? And, and your reputation is out there now too. So uh, absolutely. So your, your brand. A lot, a lot of uh, what I've talked about in the recent past is is your brand and how your brand speaks of your company in the market, and uh, and and making sure that your brand stays pure um, is very important. I think both financially and for the well being of the employees that you have at the company, right. So people the people doing the work also
0: have to under, understand this process. So identifying a nonconformance, they've got to know how to elevate it, who to get it to. They've got to understand how to start a nonconformance and make sure that there's an environment in place that allows that elevation. You know, there are some environments where, you know, you, you might get in trouble for elevating a problem.
1: Hopefully there's not too many of those, but you know? Well, I, I have seen it where have where people people talk about you know somebody's being picky or or the person that that made the error. Mm-hmm. And, and you hate to you know I guess trying to be we all try to be very nice to each other, and, and some of these words some of these words uh, offend people. But you know what? If, if if something was done that does not follow that standard that we talked about a little earlier, that that foundation that you set, well, you have to be open to understanding, okay, it did happen, all right, how do we correct it? That that's what I reiterate constantly with the folks that I work with is it's not a matter of there was a problem. It's a matter of understanding how do we fix it and prevent it from happening again. Because if you can eradicate those those errors, issues, whatever you want to call them, as they come. Well, then there should be fewer in the future. Right. So I think
0: part of making sure that you've got a good process in place is, one, making sure people can bring things forward and that they have an avenue for bringing, bringing it forward. But then once they do bring it forward, make sure you have a good, simple, and I underline the word simple there, tool for tracking and managing the non-conformance so that you can make sure it goes to completion so that you can make sure that somebody has ownership of it. I think that's that's another problem that uh, I see a lot of times is they they have a tendency to just fall into a black hole and, you know, they've all talked about it and people go, oh, I thought you had the ball. No, I thought you had the ball. No, you know, that, that kind of scenario starts going back and forth. So making sure that it's very clear that you have a good, simple process for tracking and a, and a and an easy way to ensure that somebody has ownership, right? And and a
1: quick a quick way of of that ownership taking place and an action plan to fix it in place. Yeah, agree. Whatever that whatever that nonconformance is, right? Um, because if if you send out a nonconformance and the job gets held up and nobody no, you know nobody has that ball, right? Then then uh, you know many people. Tied to that little activity that, that shouldn't have to be concerned with one little activity, all of a sudden now are adversely affected. And if you explain it that way to the team that's working on it, well, then you should have you should have the the attention it needs to make sure that it gets it gets um, addressed quickly. Now, I'm assuming that,
0: especially on nonconformances, we're talking about things that need to be fixed. They they are detrimental to your your company and to your environment if they're not fixed. They're not necessarily a process change because that's right. where you need to potentially have a uh, you know a a process based activity uh, where you're reviewing the process and actually seeing if there's a need for a change. A lot of times in a nonconformance, what we're talking about is. There was something wrong on a piece of equipment, or something that you sold, or a service that was done incorrectly, or a um, something that was literally done wrong based on procedures, or something like that. That's really usually what a nonconformance is is trying to address: is those things that are um, detrimentally wrong mm-hmm. to your process or product,
1: right? right yeah and, and and that's where you get into the the process and the activity of of the person overseeing all of those yeah nonconformances and then we get into whether you the information drives you towards a root cause analysis based on yeah. the gathering of information and then and then whether whether you just decide you know that this and figure out that, that, that some topic is a good one to do a full-blown root cause analysis on. Or you use another tool, you use some other quality tool to take all the information that you gathered and have it spit out a, a topic that you should address and do a root cause analysis on that would hopefully, well, if, if done right, eradicate many, many one-off nonconformances. conformances yeah. it seems to be not one-off non A
0: lot of times I think of uh, non-conformance activity and root cause analysis, I think of root cause analysis as kind of the big brother to non-conformance in that you still do a lot of the same tasks to completing out a non-conformance. You still try to drive to find uh, the error and fix the error. But root cause analysis kind of goes a little deeper. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and say a lot deeper. In that you're first, you're putting something in place where it's got a little more of a framework structure that you're trying to follow, and you're truly trying to get to the root cause of the problem so that it doesn't happen again. I would say a lot of times on non-conformance fixes your chances of it happening again are a little higher than yes. if you truly do a root cause analysis. So a lot of times a nonconformance will be a one-off activity. It may have been an error, may have been a problem, and you've never seen it before. Do you do a root cause analysis on that? I think we both agree most likely not unless your company maturity is extremely high. You know, so I think... Talking a little bit, segueing a little bit into root cause analysis, root cause analysis has got quite a few more steps to it,
1: right? And I agree with you. I think I think um, moving from nonconformance to root cause analysis, the the way I always envision it is if it's if it's a drawing coming from an engineer that's got a part that's incorrect or a a dimension that's wrong, right? That's that's something the that nonconformance can take care of, and the the engineer, or whoever developed it, says, "Oh, I made a mistake." Exactly if right. You, if you get a similar mistake, and I won't say the exact same mistake, but if you get a similar mistake from a couple of engineers, then then you have to gather that information. Say, well, what is the issue? And, and perhaps the issue, you know, as you do a root cause analysis, it might be the process that you have entering components into your your system. Maybe when you do the model in your CAD something is something is wrong and it just uh, propagates down the path without anybody actually realizing it until it gets to the execution side so my pick for this week
0: was actually going to be the uh quality progress magazine but it just so happened to have an article on root cause analysis in here and one of the things i liked about the article is that they break this process up into three phases where you where you follow an immediate action then you follow in phase 2 a root cause analysis action and then phase 3 you follow an improvement action and what's really nice about this process is that within each one of those phases they follow the plan do check and act cycle so for instance in the immediate actions phase, the plan is approach to the problem determined. The do is identify needed support and form the team. The check is containment needed, yes or no. If yes, go into a sorting, inspection, or rework mode. If no, determine root cause. So then it goes into the root cause analysis phase, and in that phase, it also follows a plan, do, check, and act cycle and then, of course, once you perform a full root cause analysis, it goes into your improvement phase, which follows a plan, do, check, and act cycle. <laughs> I just really, that's a very simplistic layout for people starting out uh, with, you know, non and root cause analysis um, and, and not trying to make something that's so difficult and something that you can actually train others and show them how to, how to do it you know so I, I really liked that uh that layout yeah, who who wrote that article giving credit in that uh in that magazine i wish i had not oh here i got it actually i closed it but i happened to find it this time uh matthew barsulo is the actually the the writer of this article it's a very good article very good article oh, so anyways that that's going to be the magazine and that is going to be my my pick for the week just a little uh uh Preview, you know, of, preview, yeah, a little no, preview yeah, for the pig. Talk about it again. Now, but should you do a full-blown root cause analysis every
1: time you have a nonconformance? Not for each individual nonconformance. I don't believe. I. Of what we've already talked about, right? I haven't seen it successful. Yeah. I'm trying to do it on everyone. Is, the thing is, you're going to really exercise your your people. You're going to really stretch your resources. Dilute, right, and you, you'll dilute the the meaning of. Searching for that absolute root cause because when you search for that root cause and and then eradicate it by all by all means it should not happen again. That's exactly correct. If right. you did because it correctly, that's, right? So right. So the thing is, if you're doing a root cause on everything that you get, well, you're going to be rehashing. A lot of the same information, I do believe, right? Um, because you're going to get similar, you're going to get similar non-conformances. So, well,
0: and again, yeah, doesn't that, it? It does depend on the the maturity of your environment. So, if you're an extremely uh, quality-focused environment, high levels of uh, sigma ratings, you know, top-notch, world-class, maybe doing root cause on everything because you know you only have maybe one thing a month that comes up because yeah, you're so good. That's one end of the bookend. Let's go ahead and say this. Most of us are not at that end of the bookend.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. It would be yeah. scary to work for an organization like that, I it, think. It, really, sure. it
0: almost would be. I, I don't know yeah. what that looks like per se, but you know, I, I, it would be kind of uh, interesting,
1: maybe to say the least, but probably mm-hmm. more scary. I agree with you. <laughs> and their levels of conversation on topics would be probably a lot more detailed and higher than, you know, the <laughs> the shop floor engineering procurement discussions that, uh, that we've that we've had to be involved in over the years, that's for sure. No doubt. No
0: Thank doubt. You. And now of course when you go into these these root cause analysis, you know, keeping it simple as to the tools you use, things such as the 5 whys, uh, failure modes and effects, uh, fishbone diagrams, all that kind of stuff are tools again and we've talked about this before. Before, but those are tools again in your toolbox that you should be ready to use and put into put into place to use at the appropriate time when you're going through something like this. Um, the other thing that you that you mentioned in here is you know focus on the issue. Do not multitask. I think that that is a um, that's a good concept. I'm just not so sure everyone has that
1: luxury. Yes, but I, I understand what you're saying. My, my point in that note that I wrote for the show uh-huh. was was to really to really focus. If, you, if your task is to do a root cause analysis, focus on the information that you have. Don't don't deviate into the bushes and say, "Well, I can fix this at the same time," because. What, I, what what my experience is, is that it it makes you miss or or it could potentially make you miss something in the information that you've got in front of you so so get it done with the information that you have and when I say get it done I mean complete the root cause analysis with the team that you're working with and and maybe put some other topic in the parking lot until later and, and, and chase it down afterwards but um, I would not try to do two or three things at one time in the context of the root cause analysis. So, part of that root cause analysis is actually
0: implementing the improvement, which takes right. quite a, you know could take quite a bit of time depending on, on what it is. Making sure also that you found the right root cause analysis. One of the things yes. that that that, that uh, magazine talked about is ensuring that you focus on empirical data, which. You know, again, you're not guessing, you're not... In fact, it goes so far as to actually running experiments, you know, to make sure you've got the true root cause analysis. Now, again, a lot of companies will say they don't have the bandwidth of the resource to do that kind of work, but it just truly depends on whether you want to actually get to the root cause or not. So, you know, I think they brought up a good point of actually... They give a great example in there. I won't go into the details of it, but a great example of an experiment that was ran to make sure that their choice for the resolution was the right one and it happened to be the wrong one after they ran the experiment.
1: Makes sense? Yeah, it, it does sense.
0: make sense, you know. So, you know, weeding out all the different true root causes cuz cause you'll never go into something and it only be one thing. That's the problem. A lot of times you dive into some of these problems, and it is multiple issues coming from multiple directions. So one of the things you've got to figure out is how to dissect it, pull it apart, set things aside, like you were saying, and make sure that uh, uh, you're focused on the right areas, and then make sure as you drill down on these, on the ones that are important, that you truly are getting to the root cause, and then putting something in place to Solve that particular problem, and then testing it and make sure it truly did fix the problem. A lot of times, we walk away from it
1: after we think right. we solved it. Well, I and I guess here is a good reason why the order of the actions that it can take is is what it is: plan, do, check, act. That's right. So, so the check the check is before the act. That's right. So let's check it. And, uh, and and you know you, you kind of worry a little bit about that check step where somebody somebody checks it using a a high level high level test mm-hmm. and if it passes that high level test they move on whereas to really get to the bottom of, of the issue causing the nonconformance is maybe a couple levels of testing. And then once you once you're thoroughly check, then act. Right. And then you have a lot more confidence in acting, and you have a lot more buy-in from the people because they know that it was properly vetted, right. whatever the task is, whatever the action is.
0: So I think the last thing uh, I wanted to bring up here, you, you make a great comment in one of your notes here, is at the end of the day, there needs to be an adult in the room. I, I love the way you say that. There needs to be somebody in the room, that helps to guide, and usually it should be a quality a quality professional, somebody in the quality arena that's been trained uh, that can help guide whether um, you know something should have a root cause analysis done to it or whether it's something that um, you know needs to just have some simple fixes, some containment done to it. And of course, that's where you get into a lot of your lean initiatives. You know, you don't want to just do root cause just to do root cause. You know, there's got to be some value to it and some, uh, 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 some sort of win to it. So at the end of the day, there needs to be an adult in the room. So I love that comment. Yeah, See? I use it quite often because <laughs> some,
1: sometimes the way things happen, you, you would think that there are no adults in the room. So yeah, I would agree. It's, it's the nicest way I can put that, that sentiment. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, why don't we uh, finish up with our, our picks for this week. Uh, what is your pick for this week? All right, well, I, I kind of went down that, that the path
1: of what we're talking about here, and, and I'll just throw out there Autodesk Inventor. Um, I think it is a great tool to to provide, you know, generate models that you can use. I mean, more so the next step, of course, than, than 2D AutoCAD, which a lot of people probably use. I would imagine a lot of people, a lot of companies have gone to Inventor, um, in the in the business that that I'm in now, we have it, we've gone to Inventor. It, it, it works. It works great. Um, Inventor, the ease of which it, it works and the um, the ability to use 3D for interference fits and and uh, uh, separate systems that, that that can be designed and then pulled in pulled in together and you know assembled on the screen and then assembled in real life and it's. Uh, It's it's a good tool to use as that foundation, as that baseline information that people work off of and minimize those nonconformances.
0: So my uh, pick, which you all have already gotten a glimpse into, is the uh, Quality Progress magazine. Um, It's a great magazine. Uh, I subscribe to it. It's through ASQ. Um, It's got a lot of good articles in it. Um, there was is a, it free? Is it free? Through ASQ or it is mean? free with your subscription. If you're mm-hmm. a if you are a uh, ASQ member, you should be getting it either in you know paper form or in uh, you know they do have a digital uh, form that they they send out. I was looking here. Um, there was another article in this magazine that I thought was really good, and I read, and I just now I can't remember what it was, um, but. Uh, <laughs> But it's a a good magazine, so if you are in the quality arena, I would strongly encourage it, uh, reading it. Um, In fact, uh, the article was on, because I copied it out to the group. Um, What was it? Oh, I know what it was. It was on ISO 9000 2015 RISC. The new uh, part of ISO 9000 that was added, uh, you know, handling how you handle risk which is very new to the latest version so i wanted the team to start understanding what risk looks like because preventive actions has been pulled out of iso 9001 2015 so it's all handled through what they call risk assessment i love it yeah so and i love talking about risk anyway that should be be another another show so well i hope everything is going well in california um I'll, I'll go ahead and say on air that I miss you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I miss Texas. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you'll be back that in town soon.
1: That don't, uh, that don't live in Texas or California or the United States. Uh, there's, there's plenty to do and a lot of fun. In in all the states that we have, that's for sure. I've well, been in many of them. So,
0: well, we'll pick these up and start doing them uh, every week again, and and uh, we will start working on our next topic. So, you have a good week, and we will talk to you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And also you can drop us a line on the message page from there. Again, thank you and enjoy your week.